Good morning again, my COPE 100 family. Welcome again to another update on my recovery. I think I may want to talk this morning about my emotional recovery rather than my physical recovery. Because a physical recovery can be seen, it's quite tangible. However, the emotional recovery sometimes goes unnoticed or uncatered for. So whilst I took a couple of photographs and people said, oh, I look so well, I look at them and I do look well. And someone else I know that was in the hospital around the same time as me, look fantastic, but doesn't feel as fantastic as she looks. So, Whilst in hospital, we're lying down, we're put to sleep, we wake up. Most of what occurred, we don't remember or we weren't told. And I came out of hospital hearing things for the first time from people who, I don't know how they know and I don't know, but that's another story. So my emotional state was in a quite a unstable way when I was hearing things about me that even I wasn't being told or my husband. And I had to use my coping mechanism to manage that because you see me today or know of me today, this is not the me I knew years ago. It took a lot of work. And what I found out the other day, I had to draw on the skills that I had developed over the years to cope. One of my coping strategies is to block things out, compartmentalize them, put them in order of urgency. Because my physical health was most urgent, I focused on that. I focused on learning to walk again and building my muscles again, learning to even take my own shower, cut my own food. So I almost experienced life as a 90 odd, 100 year old woman. And whilst I'm a humble person, that humbled me even more. And I'm gonna digress a bit. There are times in my life where I hear people use terms such as you must believe in yourself, so and so and so. Sometimes people cannot read me. They find it difficult to read me and make assumptions, some of them inaccurate. I'm a very humble person. And sometimes what someone wants from me, I don't want it for myself. Or what they want for me, I don't want it for myself. Or they may think if they were me, they would have been behaving in a certain way or being more proud or more whatever it is. What I want to say, it is best to give people a chance to be who they are, not what, you, not what you want them to be or what you want from them. So because someone is a millionaire, it doesn't mean they have to go and splash out and Bentley, Rolls Royce and all these Range Rovers. They could be happy driving a Ford Fiesta or a Lada and they're happy. So happiness doesn't come from wealth and all that thing and showing off. And because you have something, you don't need to show it off. So yes, I'm quite multi-talented. 
and I'm not a boaster, I'm a humble person. There are times when that could be misread for I don't believe in myself. The people who truly know me, they know. And sometimes we shouldn't concern ourselves with what people think. It's not our business. So, most times people get it wrong when they try to read me. But get back to my recovery. I focus on the physical bit. When I had the energy or some energy to start dealing with the other bits, I had to really think about the emotional bits. There are lots of emotional bits that I'm putting aside because I'm physically not ready. Because there's no need trying to heal and deal with emotional bits of an episode in your life that you don't know about. So when I find out the information I need to find out about my, my stint in hospital, then I can properly deal with the emotional bits. So the emotional bits, so those were the past times in hospital. Now that I'm out of hospital, these are the bits I am trying to deal with now. So sometimes I'll wake up. I'm not sure how I'm going to feel when I wake up. So though I'm a strong person, I feel strong and I tell myself I'm feeling these things. Sometimes I actually don't feel them. It's like an illusion. So I tell myself, yes, I'm going to walk down to the park and I'm going to do this. Mentally, I'm doing it, but physically, it ain't happening. Two things really I struggled with when I woke up out of hospital. is that I couldn't walk and do all the things, simple things I should have been able to do. Because I went in walking, knowing the me, like walking in like nothing happened and coming out like a granny. The other bit was my voice. Really struggled with not having my voice because we take things for granted. Another thing that I had to reflect on because I've done a lot of reflection, growing up throughout my entire life, I try so hard to just hide and blend in the crowd. I am not sure of the reason, but I am someone never liked attention never like people looking at me just all this quiet soft-spoken say i'm shy no that would be hard for me as you can imagine i'm six foot three strapping beautiful gorgeous just striking woman the other day i was walking and people were just staring at me young children adults teenagers school kids and i felt strange because I, got, I felt vulnerable again thinking I don't like people staring at me I got used to it I just put myself in the moment and just do what I have to do and then I think wow are they seeing something I'm not seeing so, but normally when I was much younger I would look in the mirror and think what are they staring at but sometimes people see things in you or on you that you don't see so I wasn't bothered, I was intrigued, like, wow. The other day, my husband and I were walking before I went into hospital, and there was a man, a tall, uh, about in his 50s, Caucasian man, was staring at me and walked into a tree. The other day again, there was a guy riding a bike, and he was looking back, riding his bike, 
and I had to tell him to turn around because I was concerned he would end up hitting something. There was a bus driver tooting me and I don't know how to feel. I don't know what they're looking at, why. So all those things I had to get used to. So there's so many things I could have done growing up. I was talented. Uh, I would break records in the National Stadium on the track and field team. The first time I did um, discuss, I brought the record. I did long jump, high jump, athletics, netball, all those things. I was a singer. I am a singer. I could rap, DJ, I wrote songs. One day I was on my way to the studio, Jamie's recording studio, to, to voice a song I recorded when I was in year nine. And I was quite good at in acting classes in plays, write plays, write songs, and send them off to Nashville. Very, very talented, sing on the church choirs. But for some reason, I didn't explore any of those further because I just could not take the attention. But what I have come to discover in the life I've lived, no matter what I do, I think if I lie down under the carpet, under the underlay, underneath the carpet, someone would still notice me. So there are things in your life that you can't do anything about. So I think I was just born to stand out. So recently I've grown to accept that. So when I realized I couldn't walk properly when I woke up, I mean, could walk at all, lost my voice, I felt so vulnerable. I'm like, oh my God. So I had all of that and was suppressing who I am, what's ordained for me, because I didn't like it. And now, no voice, no mobility. Come on now. So I had to just say, you know what? Just accept it. Even if I am at work and I said, me, I'll just hold my head down get, or something will crop up, crop up, sorry. My name keep cropping up, cropping up, cropping up. So I had to accept, you know what? What is to be will be. This is me and I have to accept it. So when we have things, we don't use them, we lose them. So I'm quite grateful this morning to God to say, you know what? I could have lost my voice totally, lost my mobility, lost my life. And I'm just grateful, really, really grateful. So the coping mechanism I'm using now is what I've built up over the years from trials and tribulations from childhood until now. And I want to say something to you. I'm going to digress a bit about us, recovery, mental, physical, emotional health. Sometimes we only talk good or talk the things about people when they're dead. You stand up over them, you put flowers, you sing, you read, you eulogy, eulogy, and say all the things they're not hearing. So what I plan to do, I am going to write the things or do some, say the things I would have said if I were doing a eulogy about somebody and I'm going to tell people before, so they know because people could have something different in their mind. People could think you don't like them or they've upset you 50, 40 years ago and you're upset with them and they're worried. I am going to tell people now what I feel about them. 
you know, the good things, you know, because sometimes we only talk about the bad things. You did that to me last year and I am upset. I remember a lady planned to go out with me once because I'm someone, I've come a long way. I never liked going out, never like. I think it was agoraphobia or something, never liked a crowd, found it really difficult sitting down at a meal and all these things outside. And she planned, I just had a baby as well, so I wondered if I was going through postnatal depression. It was, I don't know, but I just felt quite low at the time. And she planned to go out with me and I really put an effort. And on the day of going and I was getting everything ready, and I think I rang her and she said, oh, so-and-so is coming. You're going to love her. She's lovely. And I thought, who is this person? Oh my gosh, I don't know her. I'm just trying to go out with one person to build myself up. I panicked and I said, I'm so sorry, I can't come. And that woman was so angry with me for years. And when I rang her years after to say, I'm really, really sorry. I did apologize that day, but years after we were talking and she brought it up again. And she said, I'm so, I was so upset you really hurt me. I'm so, I was so upset you didn't come. And I thought, is this one-sided? I, at the time, was going through so much, just had a baby, and because I couldn't turn up to an event that you changed the plan, and you know how anxious I was going out with people, and you invited a total stranger, and you didn't tell me, and I, I decided not to come, and you're angry with me. Since that day, our relationship has never been the same, and I find most times I call her, you know, and I think, you know what, chasing. I just can't do the chasing anymore. So sometimes people don't forgive you. But forgiving is good. It's good to forgive and grow. Let things go. So further on in the podcast, I will let you know more about me. Because as I said previously, the me you know today was not the me of yesterday. You see, not the finished product, but an improved product. I was not like this in my earlier years so the the coping mechanism i'm using now is what i've learned over the years how to cope with things it may not be the best it may not be the ones you would use but they are the ones i use to cope and they have worked and another thing i want to say to you my friends and family focus more on you most things we do sometimes is to please other people and they are not trying to please you. There are people, they're interested in you for what you do for them, who you are, what you can do. But when you can't do it anymore, you're null and void. So spend more time mm-hmm. focusing on you, developing you, being the best version of yourself. So if this stint in hospital hasn't taught me anything, it has taught me to slow down, focus. What do you really, really want? Are you doing the things that's expected of you? The literature that's written from society. You go to school, you go to college, you go to uni, you get a job, you marry, you have a family. Does it have to be that way? What about if you do it your way? So we have to really think, what do we want? And in these perilous times we're living in, life is uncertain right now. 
the things you're hearing, global warming, the virus, what's going to happen, darkness going to come, shortage of food, water, like so many things happening, driving a lot of fear in people. But if we remain grounded and focused and do the right things, I think we wouldn't get so stressed. One thing that has really, really helped me throughout my entire life is my faith. I grew up in church. My mom would send us to church every Sunday. So I listened to the Bible and I used to read the Bible from a young age. But there are things in it I still do not understand. It was written by men. So we can interpret it any way we want. And there are times I just sit down and remember some Bible verses, think on them and focus. And I know that when it comes to religion, I don't talk much about religion because I've realized that religion brings a lot of division. And what I cannot understand, you'd have a certain group of people saying, I am Pentecostal, I am the right church. Another per group saying, I am Jehovah's Witnesses, we are the ones going to heaven. We don't go to people's church, something like that. And they have another set of um, Church of God of Prophecy, Seventh-day Adventists. And we are so divided. And yet, it is said, when I was growing up in Jamaica, we serve one God. Now I come to the Western world, you hear all of the, a lot of the things. So I don't talk about religion, but I have faith. And I know that all these carrying on that people are doing and fighting each other. If you say you're serving one God and you are doing the right thing, why you have to separate, segregate, disband some people from your community? I am the best. And yet, I have seen a lot of people throughout the week, they do terrible things. On Sunday when they hit church or Saturday, the only thing missing from their back is the wing of the angels. They act and they perform. <clears throat> they leave church and go back to the same thing. What message are we showing to people to say, okay, we are doing the right thing. And there are people who go to church and they don't mingle with other people. They think you're sinners. You're someone, you're a bad man, you're a criminal. Really? So we're not better than anybody else. So how could we try to set ourselves apart to say we are the best, we are the best? Yes, still there's a song that said, how can I say I love Jesus and I've never seen his face? Yes, still you see a brother and you don't care about them. So I want to be careful what we preach and teach in today's society. You leave people to their own opinion. You can't force people to do what you want to do. But you have to set an example and do the right thing. This is quite a long podcast but just to sum up summarize i think my voice is improving there are times when it just goes really really hoarse again but my throat isn't hurting at the moment i find in the evenings it does get a bit dry and so on i feel i'm recovering i do feel really tired sometimes though and think am i pushing myself so i'm, I'm rolling with the recovery taking one day at a time my mobility that's coming on nicely and i'm doing a lot of reflections and and a lot of growing i'm really doing a lot of growing there are times in my life when i would have done things differently now i'm like no it's not worth it i haven't got the energy
So what I want to say to you is from time to time, I will tell you a bit more about me so you really know who I am and how I have grown. Okay? Have a lovely week and it's such a pleasure to hear my voice again. Though it hasn't been up to scratch just yet, it's a pleasure to hear something out of my mouth because when I woke up out of hospital, nothing came out. I was talking, lips moving, breath coming out, but not a sound of a tone. So I'm so happy today to say my voice is coming back. Speak to you next week. Bye-bye. <music>